Welcome. You're listening to the Women of Artful Flavors podcast, a platform for women to express their opinions and have a voice about what it's like to live and die in the Northern Territory. Throughout this podcast, we will be discussing the experiences of women who have been through adversity, as well as the impact the government has had on their lives. But predominantly, we will be speaking with the Indigenous women of the Territory, teaching us about their culture as well as their role in the community. Firstly, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the Larrakia land, the land of Darwin, and pay my respects to the elders past and present. My name is Raquel Sampson, and today we are at the Youth Mill headquarters, and with us is Kani Rasas and Asuka Rasas. Um, and I will tell you their background story, but I feel like it's best if they share that with you themselves. Hi, I'm Kani. I'm 25 years old. I was born in Kenya, but grew up here. Hi, I'm Asuka Rasas. I'm 19 years old. I'm born and bred in Darwin. So I know both of you have had your dealings with the justice system. Um, will you be able to tell us more about that? Yes. So it really started with my mum. So it was a domestic violence situation. Um, my mum has a history of mental health issues that have been, you know, have gone unaddressed. Um, and the police have known about it and they've been to the house before. Yeah. So we had a domestic violence situation occur at home. And from there we were taken to the watch house and denied bail twice and that's how we were incarcerated at Holt's Correction Centre. How long were you incarcerated for and where were you incarcerated? I was incarcerated for five weeks at Holt's Correction Centre, Darwin. Um, was it just you? Um, no, thankfully I was with my sister. We were both incarcerated together. We were cellmates. So can you tell us a bit about your experiences being incarcerated for the first time? Um, seeing as I was 19 when I was incarcerated and the youngest female in the prison, it was such a shock seeing because I hadn't been involved in the justice system beforehand and I had never been to prison, never been arrested. It was a culture shock and it was also very traumatic. And what about you, Kani? What was your experience being incarcerated for the first time? Um, for me, it was very scary and I felt really vulnerable and I was really worried for my sister. So there was anxiety because she was injured at the time. So I was worried that we'd be targeted since we hadn't been there before. And there were two of us in a prison, you know, women's prison and given our ages and everything as well, because everyone there seemed a lot older. How did the courts treat both of you throughout your case? Um, I felt very vulnerable, you know, given my age and that was my first time being involved in the justice system and being in a courtroom. I felt that I wasn't given a fair enough shot to plea my case or to even have the understanding of what all of this meant really. And given the fact that I was also just out of surgery from a foot injury, it was, it was very traumatic. I felt like they didn't spend much time with us. It was maybe 10 minutes, my sister went in first. And straight after that, they decided to send two young African girls that had never had any experience with the justice system straight to women's prison without really explaining exactly what was going to happen to us and what the experience was going to be for us. Being incarcerated in the Northern Territory, what were the nationalities you both observed? Um, from Holt's Northern Territory prison, we saw a lot of Indigenous Australians and Torres Strait Islanders, that was the majority of the people that were incarcerated. Um, the other 
say 20% were minorities and we were the only two African women there and we had only been there two African women there in the past five years. So it was a culture shock. Wow. Five years. Yes, everybody kept saying that we were the first Africans that they'd really seen. And and there were a few Asians as well. So within that 20%, there were us two Africans, a few Asians, and then the rest were um, white women. So that was the makeup within that maybe 20 women because there was only about 80 people, 80 people in the prison. Do you feel women were discriminated against due to their race? 100%, especially the Indigenous women that were incarcerated they were treated a lot worse than every other minority and they didn't get shown the same respect as we did and being an African woman and having to stand up for other indigenous rights it was very difficult seeing how they were treated compared to how everyone else was and they were treated less than human. The funny thing is that we have the same skin colour as these Indigenous women, but we were treated a lot better than they were. So in the prison there, there was a hierarchy and the white women were treated great. And then the few Asians were just below them. And then the few Islanders that were there and then us and then all the other Indigenous people below us. And so even though we were treated better than the Indigenous women, the white women were treated better than us. Like, for example, when we asked for jumpers me and my sister went up and was getting cooler they said no and they didn't have any left in stock and then one of the white ladies in the library heard us speaking about it and she went and asked and they gave her the two jumpers for me and my sister so she used her privilege to help us and any chance that we could we used our privilege to help the indigenous women especially the ones that were from the communities that might not that didn't really understand what was going on because the guards didn't take the time to explain it to them. And the guards also treated them like they were less than and that they didn't understand English. So when they would try to explain certain things, they wouldn't even bother explaining properly to them, the Indigenous women who they thought came from the communities. They just said it generally. And if you didn't understand what was being said, you couldn't even ask for help. So that was very difficult to see in other minorities. Has being incarcerated affected any opportunities? Yeah, it has. We've currently been on an anchor monitor since we were released in December and until our court date, we'll still have to wear one. We, when we're walking down the street, we are treated a certain way. We are looked at like criminals and there's a stigma with an anchor monitor that if you have one, you're automatically a criminal. And since being released, that's all that we've been known as. That's all that is spoken about us. Since being released, we're looked upon as just criminals. Yeah, so for me, it really has affected my mental health as well as my sister's um, because you can't hide the ankle monitors unless you're really wearing long pants. And so it affects your relationships with other people because you don't exactly want to explain to them what has happened. And then it also affects um, the opportunities that you get job-wise because so many places, if they're asking for a criminal history check, you know, you might pass a criminal history check because we haven't been found guilty, but... Because we have an ankle monitor on our foot, they think that it's, we're going to be a bad representation for their, for their workplace, so they refuse to hire us. So that's been a real issue. What is your outlook on the justice system now? Well, I'm really disappointed in the justice system now, and I feel like it you know, cheated us badly, but I think the only thing that we were able to gain from that experience was the perspective that really shouldn't have taken prison for us to learn, and that is that the justice system doesn't treat 
people that are minorities fairly and it treats our Indigenous people even worse than that, like they're even less than. So that's something that I've had to learn throughout this whole thing. I also feel like having us having to go through that experience shouldn't have, we shouldn't have had to go through that experience to be able to see how badly they are being treated. And we should all have to be able to stand up and speak on speak on their issues it shouldn't just be you know something that affects you personally the situation also showed me how big of an issue mental illness is I've dealt with my own issues with on that side but I saw firsthand that so many people that were in prison were there because they were dealing with their own mental health issues and maybe substances to you know deal with that and then ended up in prison and then once they were in there they weren't getting the help that they needed for their mental health issues. They were really just given medication and, you know, sent on their way. So that's something that I learned while I was there. I also learned that their aftercare of when people are out of being incarcerated is very difficult as well because you don't have any support while you're incarcerated. But when you're released, you also have no support. So that also just makes your mental health harder and it makes it very difficult for you to continue wanting to stay out of the system when it hasn't supported you before. Were there any positive aspects related to your situation? One would be being incarcerated with my sister. Although previously we already had such a tight bond, being incarcerated and sharing a cell and only having her to trust while I was there built our relationship and made it stronger. Also our ability to have empathy for other people that had also been affected by the justice system and people that had been incarcerated and also um, the Indigenous Australians and the way that they're treated here on their land, we've been able to learn so much more about it and now make it a mission to help those people that are affected as much as possible. Thank you, Kani and Asuka, for joining us today and sharing your experience with the Youth Mill as well as our listeners. I believe that it's a good thing that you guys came here today And I'd like to say thank you to the women of Artful Flavours from Youth Mill for giving us the opportunity to have a platform to speak on our story and to share what we've been through. Thank you, Raquel, for having us. And thank you to the Youth Mill and the Women of Artful Programs. Women of Artful Flavours (laughs) Programs. Thank you to the Australian Federal Government. Without their funding, none of this would be possible. Oh